Welcome to Roadcase, the podcast that explores the live music experience. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Josh Rosenberg, and I'll be taking you on a journey through in-depth interviews with performers and key people in the industry to explore the magic of live music, how it can be totally transformative for both fans and performers, and we'll look at how they take it all out on the road. It's going to be a great ride, so here we go. Hey, welcome back to Roadcase, everybody. This is your host, Josh Rosenberg. I am so psyched to be here for this first episode of season three, episode 101 with Faye Webster. I'm really psyched to have everyone here. Uh, if you're a regular listener, welcome back and thanks for the support. If you're here for the first time, welcome to the Roadcase community. And as I like to do, I want to remind everybody, a great way to support Roadcase is to follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are at Roadcase Pod. Give us a follow. It's a big help for Roadcase and a great way to stay in touch. Another great way to stay in touch is to subscribe to Roadcase on all the streaming platforms. And uh, that'll also make sure that you know when a new episode comes out as well. It'll show up on your uh, your favorite streaming platform. Um, if you have questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at info at roadcasepod.com. Let us know what's up. Let's start a dialogue about live music. Love to hear from you. I appreciate all you for listening and being part of the Roadcase community and really glad that you're all here. So for this episode, I have Faye Webster on the show, uh, just a really lovely human. Her latest album uh, out in June of this past year, 2021, called I Know I'm Funny, Ha Ha. Uh, she also had a live Spotify release out in 2021 called Electric Lady Studio, a wonderful album. Uh, her fall or her winter tour just started on February 1st at the Saturn Birmingham. Uh, and uh, that's a venue owned by Brian Teasley, who I had on the show. And if you listen carefully, you'll notice that I say Brian Teasdale instead of Brian Teasley. Brian, I apologize for that uh, that mistake, but uh, I grew up on a street uh, in LA called Teasdale and hence the mistake, but I love you, Brian. Anyway, uh, she's been on... Um, Faye's been on tons of year-end best song lists, including Obama's 2020 list for her Better Distraction song uh, that appears on her most recent album. Faye's now 24 years old. She first released, uh, she released her first album when she was 15, uh, Atlanta born and raised. She is an unabashedly and direct and honest human loves telling her stories through music, especially in a live setting. Uh, kind of, she says music is where she feels most comf comfortable in life um, and confidence. And uh, her albums are just absolutely brilliant. I love them. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, She's going also going to be uh, opening for Heim in, in May. Uh, she'll be going out on some European tour dates in May and in June. And she's playing a hometown festival. The first time she gets to play at Shaky Knees in Atlanta uh, the last weekend in April. So if you have a chance, check her out. Um, her music is just extraordinary. I can't say enough about it. I know you'll really love this episode. Thanks again to everyone for being here and for supporting Roadcase. Uh, heading into this season three, we got a lot of great guests. So psyched that you're here. And I want to send a special thank you to Faye Webster for being here on this episode of Roadcase. And here we go. Hi, Faye. So great to have you on Roadcase. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. Right on. Um, so, uh, are you uh, are you in Atlanta or Athens right now? Um, I'm supposed to be in Atlanta, but I'm in Athens. Ah, okay. I know that's kind of a leading question, but like, uh, I know then, then I was like, are you in Atlanta? And I've heard you like splitting your time between Athens and Atlanta. And yeah, I'll come um, here to hang out with my family, and then. They somehow get me to stay like five days when I've packed for like overnight. Oh, <laughs> so I'm just like <laughs> using all my brother's stuff at this point and wearing my mom's clothes. <laughs> uh, that sounds pretty familiar. When my kids come to town, I'm like, please stay longer. It always happens that yeah. way. Yeah, well, it's crazy because my mom left today, and I was like, what? 
like, how did I overstay you? Yeah, right. Whoops. She duped you into staying longer. Right. Good job, mom. I'm stuck here. <laughs> yeah. So what was that like growing up in Atlanta from a musical perspective? Um, it was sick. I feel like there's there's always so much music happening in Atlanta and always has mm-hmm. been. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was really fun. I feel like I was yeah. kind of in the music scene pretty early. But I don't know. I learned a lot, definitely. Yeah. Do you think Atlanta had a lot to do with like your first album that was pretty much, um, you know, had a really cool alt country feel to it? Yeah. And I also made that record in Nashville. So I think that has a lot to do with it also. But yeah, I mean, obviously everything I've made has been for some, some reason, partially also from just like what I've learned in Atlanta and growing up, yeah. Yeah, from what you've learned from Atlanta, just from the music scene and influences and such. I mean, I, I would hazard a guess that you went into this to record that first album in Nashville with um, with a country kind of influence, clearly. Yeah, I was, I mean, I was um, 16 when that record yeah. came out. Yeah. So it was mostly just like what I was, I was mostly inspired by like what my parents were listening to at the time, which is like more Western swing music. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love that. And and then I I love the direction where you went. Were there people, did you ever hear things like, oh, she's not doing alt country anymore? (laughs) Like about me? Yeah. Like after that, after you did the alt country first album, the kind of country style first album. Over such a long period of time. Yeah. Like it wasn't, oh, she stopped doing that. It's mm. like, oh, she's just evolved. Like she's growing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm more like that I mean, in terms of people don't even really know that record at all, anyways. But oh yeah. Well, I had the distinct pleasure of just over the last couple of days going over your um, your whole catalog, like I was saying before we came on 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 the air, and um, it's just been a wonderful experience. I I, I love what you've done, and um, and yeah, I love that evolution, and just then going back to the first album and hearing this alt country swing country style was just like, Oh, okay. Now I get where she's coming from and where she's, where she's been, which is part of the journey. Right. Yeah. Literally. Um, was that, what was kind of the evolution between your, um, the first album, um, run and tell. And then, um, what did you go into the studio after that? Or what was your sort of mindset to, to do something a little bit different and move in a, another kind of like a veer off into a similar, but, um, but somewhat different direction? Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's never something that I'm like thinking about Mm. in that way. It's really just like, it kind of happens. And I feel like I was just getting older and realizing I mean, even then, I was still a teenager, <laughs> but, yeah. but still every day finding myself more or like finding who I want to be or like what I really represent. And I think it wasn't until that self-titled, oh, I'm getting a call. Oh, yeah. um, Do you need to take that? <laughs> it wasn't until the self-titled that um, I think I realized I was like on the track like I was on the right track. Um, mm. But I don't know. I think I was just listening to more artists and just being inspired by more stuff. And that's kind of how the self-titled came about. I also made it like in my brother's bedroom, in my brother's house, um, which I think was something I really liked because it's it's just like way less pressure than being in studios. And um, I'm just more comfortable, I think, being in a safe space, which I think can and you can interpret into my music yeah well they're they're very personal but then these like beautiful portraits of that that personal style i think um it was so interesting when um uh, you know i i had read that where you talked about um a fear of people not liking me i think i read somewhere that you had said and i'm paraphrasing and I apologize if I mangled that or uh, we can talk about it but you were saying with the music it's kind of different and you don't care because you love your music and it's what you need to do Um, is that accurate yeah I feel like music kind of is the only thing in my entire life that I'm just like 
confident about or that I mm. feel like it could never people's opinions just can't affect me there because I'm like well this like this is for me anyways and this is perfectly like a way to represent me so it is like kind of the only thing that yeah I'm 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 confident about and <laughs> everything else mm-hmm. in life I'm very insecure. <laughs> oh. Um is that is that is it still sort of important for you to I mean I kind of equated um the personal space thing and I was going to ask if that's something that's important to you to have sort of a safe space to create um because it seems like it's very personal for you. Um is that something that's that's important to create that environment where it's where it's it's safe and you have the um you feel like you're you have the the freedom to express yourself in a way that's non-judgmental by others. Yeah, for sure. I feel like um even when it comes to writing like I only write at my house. Like I know people who can like get Airbnbs or like <laughs> go on like a trip to a cabin and write for 2 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and I've like only been able to like even feel the urge to write at my own house, and I think it is definitely just like a safe space thing. Yeah, I I I also read something you said about um, being a very private person and wanting people to know how you feel, but through the um, but vis a vis your music. Yeah, I feel like that is the best way to know me, and kind of the only way that that I'll give out personal information is mm. through my music. Okay, well, if I ask you a personal question, you can just sing the answer then. Like that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's, um, it, but that's sort of the sense of music in general, right? I mean, um, but it seems like there's a, clearly if a, if a, if a creative wants to inspire and talk about their own message it's through the medium of music they're not getting up there and talking through the through the microphone um so i it doesn't seem to me to be like something that's completely different than uh than any other sort of creative medium but um uh it it really rings true with your own lyrics because they are so personal and 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 beautiful and then shaped in a, a very gorgeous sort of cloak i think that's nice <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know does that make any sense to you yeah 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 <laughs> um and you've got the latest album i know i'm funny haha uh came out i think in september of this year um, came out in june oh in june okay well it was a one season off you know um matt stossel's on pedal steel and he's been he works he does a ton of different work on pedal steel is that um uh was that, and he was on your Atlanta Millionaires Club album as well. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that sort of relationship? Yeah, I think um, when I first, first made music, uh, I knew I wanted pedal steel just because, like, it's kind of what I grew up listening to. And I was mm-hmm. always just been, like, mesmerized with the instrument and just, like, how it sounds and what it brings to music. Me too. Um, and yeah, when I first started making music, I was asking around Atlanta and Athens and just being like, who do you know that plays pedal steel? <laughs> like from yeah. a dozen people, it was just one answer. It was like, Pistol, you need to go talk to Pistol. Yeah. And um, yeah, we, we've been playing for together for seven years now. Mm-hmm. Um. He's kind of been through it, through everything with me. Um, yeah, I've, I've, he's on all of, all of my records. Maybe he's not on the first one because I made it in Nashville. Oh, okay. um, but, uh, yeah, he, there was just instantly a really good chemistry, I think, um, as bandmates. And I think he, he, at this point, understands me so well and like, I kind of rely on him to help me just like represent my music as, as best as possible. And I think yeah. he's really good at that. So yeah. Yeah. We've, we've been through it all. It sounds amazing. And it's such a, it's kind of like a, such an emotional instrument. Yeah. That it really fits in so well with what you're doing. That's nice. 
Yeah. Adds that sort of like crying kind of blues sadness, but it can also be fun and happy at the same time. Truly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you had a music uh, musical family. Your mom and your grandma were were musicians. Um, mostly my brother, and then like my mom's side of the family mm-hmm. in general, kind of just like plays music around the house always. Yeah, was that kind of influential when you were growing up? Yeah, I mean, it was like the first time I had access to instruments was when I would visit my mom's side of the family. Mm-hmm. What kind of instruments? Um. Mostly guitars. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom plays or played violin, and so did some of my cousins, like banjo yeah. and shit. Banjo and shit. <laughs> but mostly <laughs> guitars. There were so many guitars. Yeah. Do you listen to any bluegrass? Yeah, I did a lot growing up. Oh, uh, who'd you like? Um, my granddad's favorite guitarist was uh, Don McLean. Oh, okay. And I feel like anything kind of down that route, <laughs> you made us listen to a lot. <laughs> um, there's a band I really liked called the Lonesome River Band. <laughs> uh-huh. The Lonesome River Band. Sounds like a bluegrass band. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. It kind of evolved mostly into just like Western swing music other than just bluegrass music. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> when we talk, so before we were talking about um, Run and Tell and then you're self-titled, um, it's such a, like, I think that's like eight years or seven years or even right. maybe more-ish, something like that. Um, but that's from you being 15 to now being 24. Um, is that, do those years seem like really long? Like when you look back, when you were 15 and now you're 24, is that... Um, you're like, oh yeah, I was so young doing that. What's the sort of, what's your mindset and how do you look at kind of your development in terms of also kind of developing as into, into adulthood? Yeah. I mean, it does seem like eons just Mm because I feel like my only, like I only just remember doing music for so Mm -hmm. long and it does. I mean, I hate, I hate that record (laughs) so much. Mm. The, for, the run and tell. Yeah, but it's like, who who fucks with their 15-year-old self? Like, nobody does. I don't know. Right. Um, and it also is just, like, weird. Like, I have definitely chose to keep that record up. Like, mm-hmm. I could take it down if I want. I had an EP before that that I've taken down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, that makes more sense. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of choose. I just look at it like a bad tattoo, kind of. Just like it was me at one point. And now I don't relate to it at all. Yeah, I get that. But it is kind of weird, like, just, like, having such an old version of yourself public. Like, I feel right. like it's very rare, few people I know that, like, it is. <laughs> yeah. are have a 15-year-old version of themselves public to the world, which is, you know, not fun. <laughs> right. But that's why it was so like striking to me. That's why I wanted to ask you that question. Like I wouldn't like put pictures up of myself as a 15 year old, maybe as like a goof, but exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's really weird. It's weird. Yeah. And I have kids like my oldest is your age. Um, So I know that mindset of like, Oh dad, why are you sending me this picture of when I was a kid? You know, it's like, but it was like six years ago. (laughs) Right. Because I've seen you through all these, but I, I, I must say, um, well, why do you hate that album? Let's say, I mean, it was kind of in your answer, but you did use the word hate. Uh, I don't, I think a lot of it is, um, uh, just an artist thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I'm friends with obviously so many other creatives that make different art than me, but like they'll do something like my, my friend, I have like a dozen of his photographs framed in my house and he'll come over and he'll be like, Oh, I hate that. Like, I hate that one. <laughs> it's like where you took it last year and it's great. And I framed it and it's my, like, it's a great photograph, but I right. think it's just like this artistry thing where you just evolve so quickly when you're creative and you're just like always being inspired by new stuff. And I think it's very easy to like despise older work. 
Yeah. So I think a lot of it is that, but also a lot of it is the 15-year-old thing, just being like, I didn't know who I was or what I wanted to do or what I wanted to be. Like, I, I still feel that way about me six months ago sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah, right, right, like, right. I'm sure, ha-ha. Like, kind of like, what was I doing six months yeah. ago? And you sort of look back and like, what the fuck was I doing? Like, I, f- I feel like ha-ha is like the best human representation of me ever. And then it's right. like, next year, I probably won't feel that way at all. Yeah. So especially seven years, eight years from now. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting um, sort of concept that of putting yourself out there at a time um, as a representation of what you what you did. I love that album because it's I'm not you and I'm not looking back on it. And I'm not comparing it to anything else. It's just yeah. what kind of um, a baseline sort of musical taste that I have. And I, I think it's I think it's really beautiful. There's some great tracks on there. Um, it's so interesting that, uh, yeah, I, I guess as you as as you've evolved, like I said, into being a 24 year old adult, uh, yeah, to look back and see these earlier works um, must be must be quite odd or difficult. Is there sort of a double edged sword that you are a creative you you put yourself you put your stuff out there had. And you did that when you were 15 or 16 and early and then in 17 um, with the self-titled. You did not hesitate to put yourself out there in whatever form you were at the time. Um, do you think back and and d- does that get into your head at all about, oh, well, I did that at this time and now I hate it three years later. What's going to happen in the future? Um, or do, you, do you tend to like try to stay more in the moment? I mean, some of it is like physical like reminding me that I mean I couldn't have made what I'm making now if I didn't make that shit when I was 15 Mm. Mm -hmm. like it's all kind of just like stepping stones to where I am now and like like I said like I, I love making music and it's like really the only thing that I feel confident about in life and it's like I don't think I could do that now if I didn't do it then Interesting. Or it wouldn't have. It so wouldn't have using been the that same. guideline, do you still hate Run and Tell? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Thanks for trying to sway my opinion, but it is unsuccessful. <laughs> uh, not really. Just using your own logic to against you. That's all. Really, pr- pretty not so nefarious. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm just I'm I'm teasing. But um, it's. Yeah, it must be hard to look back. Like I said, I would I, I wouldn't want to look back at my own fifteen year old self and see pictures of myself. But you know, you have to go through those those periods. It's interesting that you do have an appreciation for putting yourself out there. Do you have do you what's your what is your feeling about putting yourself and what you what you feel out there in music form? Is there ever a time when you're like, ah, I don't know, or do you ever have difficulty in doing that and being in the moment? Yeah, I used to. I really struggled with that um, on my self-titled. Like, mm-hmm. I think that was kind of the first time that I somewhat said some real things about me. Yeah. And even now I still, I listen to it and it's it's so vague. Like, half the time I literally don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but there are some times where I'm like, oh, like, damn, I really said that. But I remember writing, when I was writing some songs on that record, like I was writing about my mom or something and mm-hmm. I was like asking my brother, I was like, do you think, like, do you think mom would be offended if I said this? <laughs> but he was like, like, don't like, you shouldn't have to worry about that shit because like where else in life are you going to like get this off or like get it off your chest and just like be, be truly honest about it. And I think kind of ma- the making of that record, I was it was an it was a concept and I didn't really get good at it. And then I don't think it was until AMC that I was just like getting really comfortable being honest. And it wasn't until AMC that I realized like, oh, people are like listening to me. And I think when I was writing songs, like it felt like a waste of opportunity if I wasn't saying stuff. 
just because I know what it's like to like be inspired by someone or like especially in music like feeling like somebody else relates to you or like you relate to them and like they understand so I feel like I was I was wasting opportunities if people were listening to me and I wasn't actually like saying real shit right was there ever a time when say well you talk about you talked about having something or speaking about your mom on the first album or maybe second or whatever whichever album it was but was there a time when someone got back to you and said hey why did you do that to me and kind of <laughs> um <laughs> or why'd you say that or whatever that is no <laughs> oh, okay but there's that definitely songs that i've written about people i don't even talk to anymore so who knows but also like all right don't do that shit well, that's a different thing. Yeah, right. I mean, but with family members, I've spoken to several artists who were like, oh, I wrote the song about my dad and he was there that night. And but we had a good conversation afterwards. Yeah, it's always it, it's always awkward. Like the first time they hear it and you're in the room. But other than that, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. You just got to get back the first time they hear it. And then it's like, okay. Well, do you think it equates to having that sit-down conversation? I mean, I've done that with my mom about issues that I've had with her over the over the years, um, growing up, et cetera, just to kind of, and I did it recently, like, you know, like several years ago, just having that kind of sit-down conversation. Do you equate it to that? Um, I, it, I feel like it could relate. I feel like it's definitely different just because it's like extremely public at that point. It's like, oh, I'm yeah. not just talking to you about something. It's like True. everyone else knows. <laughs> Good point, Faye. Good point. <laughs> yeah. How is that different for you? Like, what's that? That obviously has much more of a massive impact. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, luckily with my family, I've we're all so extremely close. But just in general, um, it's it's weird like if i am singing or writing about somebody the fact that people know about it but it's also like there's so many other things in my life that i choose to keep private anyways so it is nice yeah. to like at least share something that might be bothering me etc and hopefully somebody else will relate right are you happy that you have obviously you're happy that you have that outlet for music to 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 take those little parts of relationships or issues that occur and, and, and put it out there. That's, that's why you do this. Right. right? Yeah. Um, I'm really intrigued by the, the live performance that you did. I think it's Spotify exclusive um, from electric lady. Can you t- tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, they did a really cool series um, of artists like Patty Smith and Japanese breakfast did one also. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they asked me to do it and I was like, me <laughs> and <laughs> I, yeah, I just went there, took my whole band and like, kind of didn't really sink in until afterwards, like what we were doing, or at least for me, mm-hmm. I feel like stuff that's so overwhelming. I just like emotionally don't really know how to deal with it until afterwards. But it's like so I mean, calm at the time. The impact of being in that studio, are you talking about? Yes. And then other right. things that are crazy. I feel like I'm oh, so like um, just like crazy. <laughs> like when I <clears throat> FaceTimed with Elton John, I was like so normal. And then like the second we hung up until literally the second, I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god why'd you facetime with elton john i didn't see that um i was just like on his he also has a podcast on apple music oh okay but electric lady um it was kind of like that like i was just like oh i'm in a studio i'm like calm my family's here my band is here literally my whole emotional support team <laughs> and it wasn't until we we left that i was like what the fuck y'all that was crazy like, we yeah. just recorded at Electric Lady Studios. It was ama- It was amazing. It's such a great performance. Were those all like one take live? Yeah, one and two. Wow. I like really didn't want to like overdo anything and just like kind of keep it how it was. Yeah, it was great. 
But yeah. So you ran through the whole, did you run through the whole thing or did you run through just like, oh, we need to do that one song again? Um, yeah, I think there were two songs on there that were second takes, but, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It was, it's, I'm very like happy and satisfied with just like the sound of it. Like, yeah. I feel like it did really capture me and my band really well. Yeah, it was really, um, I love it. I loved it. when did you do, when did you record it? In June. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like great right stuff. right before the record came stuff. out. I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. Awesome. So that's kind of quick, quick, uh, quick turnaround by the Spotify studios, I guess, right? Yeah. It's only digital release? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to talk about touring. You just finished uh, this fall, fall run. Um, I, I think that's correct. And um, how was that? Um, how was that tour? Um, it was really fun. It was nice to like, get back into touring yeah which was a weird concept for a while but it was really fun yeah what was your favorite show places to go anything notable that stands out to you my favorite show is probably athens just because mm -hmm. i grew up coming to georgia theater all the time yeah. and like dreaming about playing there which right. i've never played there before and I feel like, you know, I'd rather play my first headlining sold out show <laughs> than like opening for a band I love. So that was really nice yeah. to just like get that out of my system. That's cool. Was it and the the tour, was it all headlining tour? Um yeah, we we played two fest two festivals on that tour. Yeah. Do you like playing festivals? I like playing festivals in the middle of tour. Like it's a nice like breather just because mm -hmm. it's so different. Yeah. But sometimes like flying to go do just like a one-off festival can be very stressful. Yeah, for sure. And what were you saying be we, before we were talking about Pitchfork? Cause I'm in Chicago and I was at Pitchfork and you said you had a hard, what did I, there was something about that performance that you were trying to get the songs in or not or something. What was that? Um, yeah, we had, think 35 minutes or something and i think they kind of took a while to set us up <laughs> yeah, 35 minutes seems really short yeah and like <laughs> the second the second they were done they were like all right you got 34 minutes and i was just like oh started man. out there i was like okay we gotta go i have like definitely at least 35 minutes worth of material but it was fine yeah yeah so when that happens what do you do do you just cut off a couple songs at the end or sort of just make on the fly adjustments or yeah I had to do that recently in Mexico. Mm hmm. Oh, where'd you play Mexico? Uh, Corona Capital in Mexico City. Corona Capital. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I've been to a couple small venues in Mexico in the Condesa, one in Condesa, one in Galera, I think. That was um, my first really time in Mexico. Venues. What's that? Uh, playing that festival was the first time I've been to Mexico. Yeah. Did you like it, Mexico City? Did you get to spend some time there at all? Um, I was, I was in Mexico City for two or three days, but I was, like, I couldn't even really leave the hotel. I was so, I was just, like, doing press and stuff. So not uh, really. <laughs> I really yeah. wish I want to go back so bad. Yeah, it's a really cool, fun place. You'd ne never go hungry there, for sure. You was, like, everything on the street, tacos and just all kinds of, there's so much life there. It's really, really fun. And, uh, and great music. Like, it's an easy stop on a tour, right? That's sick. Yeah. <laughs> um and your new uh you've announced spring dates in the with with Heim uh to open and then you're headlining a, a bunch of dates too starting on uh February 1st at uh the Saturn in Birmingham and I had uh I had the owner of the Saturn Brian Teasdale on the show um earlier this year. He's a really fun guy and um said a lot of great things about that venue. Are you familiar with that venue at all? Yeah, I've played there once before. It's so mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, he's kept bragging about his new green room, and they've got like yes, video games or something. They do. Can, that, can you verify all that stuff? Can you corroborate? <laughs> I definitely approve of a gaming green room. Yeah, you love your hobbies, right? Talk to me about the yo-yo thing. Um, <laughs> so, I saw a video of yours, and I'm like, uh, I think you did um, KXP or something, something like. I can't remember which one it was, but um, I'm like, are those yo-yos up there? 
Yeah. <laughs> so, and then I was like, oh yeah, I remember when I had when I went through a yo-yo thing at, at one point, and it's it's a lot of fun. Tell me about it. It is a lot of fun. I don't know. That's kind of it. Like it's just. <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness! The same person, my friend, wants to talk to me so bad. Put him on. <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> I don't think you would like that. <laughs> um, but no, it is. It's just something that's fun that I like to do that like makes me happy. And I'm a big believer in just like any s tiny, tiny, small thing that makes you happy to just do it. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, it's just something I like, I like to do and I really love the community behind it. I have a lot of very good lifelong friends just from the yo-yo community. So yeah, have you gone to like um, get? Do they do get together somewhere or something like that? Where you guys just all get together and trade, trade, trade. Uh, <laughs> you talk about your trades. Yeah, secrets? they do local ones. There's none in Atlanta, which is crazy, but um, they do have meetups. Then they have yeah nationals and world tournaments. Wow, <laughs> which I went to the last one before it got uh, canceled because of COVID. Yeah. So, what's your yo-yo of preference? Style, hmm. model, whatever. Um, there's a lot of players that have like signature models. Uh-huh. Uh, and they'll kind of just like give me their yo-yos while I'm on tour, just like at, at tournaments. But I think my favorite yo-yo is a model uh, by Kieran Cooper. It's called Cadence. And it comes in a uh -huh. really pretty like rose gold pink I feel like that's kind of the yo-yo I choose to to learn on and do a lot of stuff with. Cool. Do you like take them on tour and like mess around? Is it kind of like a thing that oh, you yeah. do? Oh yeah, I have one on my bag at all times. <laughs> oh, right on, right on. All right, you've inspired me. I got to go uh, to the toy <laughs> store and get one. <laughs> Try it out again. I have no idea what I'm doing. I could do walk the dog at one point or something like that. I don't nice. Know. That's a start. That's a start. That's like a basic thing, right? Yeah. And you got to have like the string kind of loose so it spins on its axis, right? Uh, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, sort of. <laughs> I would, if I had one here, I'd be, I, I would definitely do it. I, it's, it's fun. Nice. There's something about it, I guess. It's a little meditative, maybe. I Truly, don't know. no, it really is. Yeah, I do have a dog, dog, so I walk that dog nice. as well. So that's also, you yeah. know, they're yeah, yeah. Um, how do you feel about, uh, and well, I want to talk to you about a little bit about live performance and, um, how do you feel your songs sort of translate in the live setting? There's, there, there's such beautiful, um, productions and have such a lovely feel to them and your performances live are, are a little grittier, I think in a good way. And I really enjoy it. Um, what is sort of your sense of where you're trying to go live compared to, to the, uh, the versions on the albums and where are you with that? Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we, we replicate, uh, recordings really well live. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think just in general, if I feel like live music translates a lot better, like there's definitely been bands that I'm like, wasn't really into. And then like, saw them once accidentally or on purpose and it's like oh this is so great oh, yeah. <laughs> like i'm just like mesmerized i just yeah. feel like there's there's something in live music that you can't really get no matter how hard you try with just like recordings mm -hmm. so i think in general it's kind of just people can interpret it how they want but i i know it's i know what it feels like to like hear a song live for the first time yeah which is why I tour. <laughs> For sure. Well, um, and how does that feel? You know, we, we talked about putting yourself out there and creating the music that can be at times personal for you. How does that feel being up on stage and talking about those or singing about those issues or, or songs that might have a, um, that some, some of which might have more of a personal meaning to you? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really just feels like, like people, I know people have already heard my music, so it's not like a moment of like, 
oh shit, I'm ner- like I'm nervous that they're gonna hear something crazy. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, but it does. So it's kind of like once you once you put it out there, you feel like you're confident. It's it's out there now. Yeah, and I really like. I feel like touring is really an important process to me making music because I can't make new music without like touring what's already there. Like I feel mm-hmm. like I have to get records off my chest and like yeah play these songs live before I can even like think about writing again. Oh, interesting. So you're not writing while you're touring. You're not working on new material. Oh, no. Ah, oh, we say that very definitively. A lot of artists do. So I can't talk to me a little bit about that. You need to like separate out things and do them more of in a serial fashion. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have to like really feel like I want to write. Like I've never mm. been able to just like pick up a guitar and be like, cut out hours of of days to write. It's kind of just yeah. like when it when I want to, when I feel the urge to. Which is never on tour because that's the most stressful time of the year. <laughs> that's the most what time? <laughs> stressful time of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's kind of like getting in a space where it's almost cathartic to create a song for you. What do you mean by that? Well, um, that it's not just something that, oh, I'm going to write, I'm going to go in the back of the bus and write a song. Yeah. It's definitely um, like for you. It's like I need to get something be off at my home. chest. Pardon? When I'm writing, it's mostly like I feel like I need to get something out my chest, and music's the only way I know how to like do that properly. Yeah, yeah. But um, I'm reflecting on how you don't want to be touring, or you you want to be completely focused on that particular task. Um, that seems to be like you're just kind of creating that environment for your own self to allow yourself to be in that space where you can create something and make it uh that something sort of comes out in 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 whatever environment and that's not really kind of the environment that you're in or mindset that you're in while you're on tour yeah is that true yeah is that sort of fair characterization very fair yeah it's interesting it's interesting makes sense considering what you the the stuff that you're doing and uh the material that you that you create uh, it's sort of it's it's on brand it's on brand nice <laughs> um and so in a live setting i thought it's interesting that once you've already put something out there that you feel comfortable uh, performing it do you ever um on the other hand do you ever struggle with stage fright or being up there and just performing in general How, what's your sort of mindset on that um, not really, just because for how just confident and comfortable I am and and making music in general i I really do enjoy performing mm-hmm. or like being able to to play my songs, yeah, but there's definitely um just like stuff I struggle with. On that relates to tour. <laughs> oh, such as talk, talk to me about that a little bit. What are the things that are uh, that are tough for you? Uh, just like anxiety and stress can get really hard and overwhelming. Uh, but I don't know. It's hard to like balance mental health and tour at the same time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I get that a lot from people that I talk to. Um, what are some of the things that, um, I mean, without, if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. But I mean, what are some of the things that kind of give you anxiety about the, about, about touring and about performance? Um, a lot of it is not being able to just like sleep in your own bed. Mm-hmm. Um, or not being able to like, see a lot of people on my emotional support team for over a month <laughs> yeah or like vent or just like have someone to talk to yeah mm-hmm. and it's a literal non-stop grind it's like wake up travel play a show go to sleep really fucking late and then do it again which is <laughs> so 
devastating sometimes. Yeah. But it is, I feel like it is the, the one hour that I play music where I'm like, oh, this is why I just went through hell the past 12 hours. Like, right. this makes a lot of sense. Like, this is worth like, it. Like, there's so many just moving pieces and so many things that mm -hmm. you're dealing with and sort of being in one place at one time or, yeah, it's a grind. It is a grind. Are people, are, do you have people that you can talk to about that? And do you do that during tour? Do you talk to a therapist when you're on tour? Or, there's so many different ways of like forms of communication these days that might make it a little bit easier. Yeah, for sure. Therapy is very important. My last um, headlining tour, my boyfriend opened. So that was really nice. <laughs> You're Oh, okay. No, so you guys were together. Yeah, that was. Um, you started talking about therapy. I was like, "Wait, your boyfriend? What <laughs> is he your therapist?" <laughs> no, it was truly the best tour I could have asked for. Coming back from two years of not touring. Okay. Yeah, I bet. Was COVID period hard for you? In what ways was COVID period hard for you? It was hard for everybody. Um, it was creatively draining for me. For sure. Mm. Like I didn't feel like ever doing anything or ever yeah. writing or I had nothing to write about. Just stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And you did, um, the Ha Ha album was um, written before COVID. Was that correct? Uh, both. I had like half of it done. And then I kind of finished the, the latter half over COVID. Uh, creatively or just from a, um, writing, from a writing standpoint or from a musical standpoint? Really all of it. Oh, okay. <clears throat> well, having written this stuff before COVID and then coming back to it with this whole world changing, did that sort of change the direction of some songs or make you kind of think twice about certain things that you've written before? Um, I think just in general, haha -ha has a lot of different, uh, songs or just like a general feeling like i feel like mm -hmm. it's kind of more optimistic and like happier than some of my other records and and hmm. pieces which is ironic i guess yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh i don't know i definitely found i always find myself writing about different stuff <laughs> yeah so, oh, so, so sort of the timeliness of what was going on in the world didn't affect you as much as I thought it had. Um, I mean, not making any presumptions onto your creative process, but I would think like, um, you're so, you're such a sensitive human and in touch with so many different emotions. I'm, I was, um, I thought maybe it would, it would have affected you kind of differently, but and it's, it's cool to, to hear you say that. Yeah. I feel like it was just, uh, also overlapped a time in my life where I was just like finally in a good good place most most areas of my life <laughs> so that yeah that helped speaking of which having your your boyfriend on the tour and um uh is that kind of an area that's that's something that's new for you or is how is that is that affecting your life in a positive way from a musical standpoint or does it have like no effect at all? <laughs> like being on tour together? Yeah, yeah, being on tour together and just being in a relationship. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like, it It feels like that's what's comfortable to me just because like we live together and we're best friends already. So mm -hmm. it just feels <laughs> like home, but on the road, which yeah. I think I need a lot more of that sometimes. But um, I wish I could do it again. <laughs> I wish people would pay for the same show. I would do it again. <laughs> oh, well, there's no reason why you both can't go out on tour. Yeah. I guess, right? Truly. Sounds like you'd like to do that. I would. <laughs> How do you feel about going out with, um, with Haim? I'm excited. Yeah. Um, my tour I just got off of with... Wilco was kind of the first opening tour I've done in a very long time. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm kind of back in the, it's way less stress. <laughs> yeah, it is. Tell me how, how, how so for you. Um, 
it's just like it feels like you know maybe these people aren't here for me but i can like so a lot of that stress is gone like there's not a lot of pressure i guess mm-hmm. and then it's also like um i don't know the feeling of like hopefully one one person who's not here for me like i can make them feel something or just like relate for a second to me which that's that's what i admire in music as a listener when i'm not writing yeah so i like that feeling the feeling as a as a listener to be brought into a performer's kind of story and world exactly hmm yeah, it's <clears throat> opening is such an amazing opportunity for a performer to get in front of people that maybe that hadn't heard from you and that being able to convert one person is a motivating factor for you. Yeah, I mean for sure. Um I feel like there is a balance of like I'm writing these songs purely for myself. And obviously if nobody listened to them, I would still do it. But it does it is satisfying to know that like I'm doing something for someone, what I would want someone to do for me, which is just like feeling a rare feeling. Yeah. So for you, it's not as much, you know, there's a, there, there's, there's a kind of a, a business aspect to opening, right? It gets you in front of new fans, but I see your, not that, and if there's anything wrong with that, that's just the way that it works. And it's good to get in front of new people because it builds your notoriety and um, and helps you um, gain new admirers and fans, et cetera. Um, but that sort of pure sense of being able to, to be out there and speak to that one person is kind of wonderful. I really like that a lot. Does that seem like something that makes sense to you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you, and you did that with Wilco and, and Haim, I thought was an, was a really cool combination because it's being an all female band. And, um, I kind of just see you guys hanging out and having a good time. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what dates you're playing there with them, but I, I don't know. That should be fun. I hope that I can connect with you at some point. I saw like Lizzo open for Haim in like 2018 or something like That's that. That's crazy. Before, I think. Yeah, it was really crazy. It was fun. It was fun. I was the only old white dude at the show. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I was just like pretty close to the front. It was kind of interesting. I don't think people wanted to talk to me. That's sick. I feel like that's a rare, very rare show. Yeah, it's a good show. I like those. Um, I like Haim. They're from my. Um, they're from my hometown. They grew up in the valley in L.A. And so I. It's kind of, it's, it's fun to see all that. Um, and then you're going out to, in, to Europe in, um, in the spring of 2022. Have you, have you performed there before and sort of, do you like doing that? Yeah. I feel like, uh, before all touring was canceled, I would go to Europe like once a year Mm -hmm. for the past few years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to go back. For sure. You like the audiences there? Is there one? Is there like a particular country that that sort of struck you as being really vibey? Um, I don't know because they touring in general just like I don't even remember how. F- you didn't know where you were. <laughs> exactly. Like, that audience was great. Was that like in Holland or Spain? <laughs> but I do, uh, I do really like the fans in Europe. Very supportive. Yeah, I need to do like a run. I was like, I watched a bunch of the performances of the National when they were in uh, when they were in Europe, and it was just amazing. I saw the National play in Mexico City actually, because we were talking about that, and um, just to be like experience different fans and different cultures is always amazing. Yeah, truly. For for me personally, when I, I love getting like just knowing that around the globe, there's there's so many commonalities in music. What's one of the most favorite things you like playing in just that from an inter- in an international setting? Like which of my songs? 
Um, just sort of at, from a vibe perspective, like being and we're in Spain and we're playing and people are people are fans and they they like my music. Like, what's that like for you? Um, what impact does that have on you? It's very sick. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's, it's what uh, cool. <laughs> no, what'd you would you say? I it's very word. sick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think like um like over the pandemic just like not being able to tour and just seeing basically numbers going up mm -hmm. i feel like when i did finally get to tour in september i realized how much i valued it just like seeing faces like seeing people and being like oh they want to be here like they came here to hear something which yeah I, i don't i don't get that unless i'm like physically there like i don't really get that feeling right and also every time i've been to europe it's just been me or me and pistol so it's been like a very intimate very quiet <laughs> show mm -hmm. this will be yeah. the first time i've been able to like been financially able to bring my band so oh that'll be cool yeah i'm excited yeah That'll be really, that'll, that'll be awesome. And uh, you announced some, some festivals as well for 2022. Um, yes. Namely, Shaky Knees, Bonnaroo. Uh, Primavera. Primavera. In, I'm oh, Bonnaroo you did in the past. Barcelona, Primavera. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're doing L.A. now, which would be cool. Yeah. I'd love to go out for that one. Um, and Shaky Knees in your own hometown. What's yes. that going to be like? What are you, uh, are you psyched about that? Uh, yes. Last time I played yeah. a festival in Atlanta, I really got to walk to it. Wow, that's like cool. Like the house right. I was living at was so close. And it's like, I just got to like walk to soundcheck and go home to my house after. Like it was oh, so that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> calm and nice. Yeah. Yeah, I live, right, I live um, right across the street from Grant Park where they have Lollapalooza. So... I can relate. I hear the music from my living room during the during the festival. If I'm nice. not there, yeah. <laughs> <Sick. laughs> um, what was it like playing Bonnaroo? Bonnaroo was fun. Bonnaroo was um, maybe my first festival period, but also wow. that tour that I did. It was the first show of the tour, <laughs> mm -hmm. which was uh, oh man, pretty intense, but. Yeah. It was fun. Is that easier or harder? Harder. <laughs> in in terms of being at the first show. Yeah, you said harder. Was, I mean, it was just like, yeah. It was, but it was really fun. My family came, which um, every time my family's there, it's definitely, uh, I'm just in a better mindset in general. But it was fun. Yeah. How do you feel about being on such a, uh, on a, were you on a main stage? Um, I was, I mean, it's kind of like a bigger stage setting at Bonnaroo. How'd that feel to be on your, uh, to be out there in that kind of, um, environment? It's cool. Like I said, like playing festivals is such a nice, refreshing change of scenery compared yeah. to like, you know, being in these dark venues seven mm -hmm. hours a day. Yeah. Playing outside, right? Yeah. <laughs> For the most part at festivals, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nice to breathe some fresh air and like right. not, <laughs> especially these days, I guess, right? There's another kind of uh, uh, angle to it somehow. Maybe it's safer. I don't know. Facts. This is true. Yeah. And if we were talking about live performance, I would be remiss, of course, if I didn't mention that you sang the national anthem at the Braves in I 2019. I didn't. What? I sang Take What'd Me you Out sing? to the Ball Game. Oh, oh, okay. Huge, you, huge difference. <laughs> yes, massive difference. Massive derf on my part also to say <laughs> that it was the national anthem not take me out to the ball game. But they put you down on the dugout to sing that? Did they do that at all the Braves games? No. Um, it was, they had just like invited me for this one night to do it. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to them while I was there and they said they never do it unless like they see a, like a celebrity in the in the crowd and then they'll be like, hey, 
seventh inning. Do you want to sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game? Um, but otherwise, it's not really like a, a thing they do. Oh, okay. They mostly just throw shirts. <laughs> During <laughs> Shoot that time. shirts out of like the, the exactly. t-shirt gun. Oh, yeah. I've never been to a baseball game where they shoot the shirts. I've been like at the Bulls games when they shoot, when they do the shirt shooting, but maybe I need to go to more games, I guess. For sure. Um, so wait, so they approached you at like the seventh inning and asked if you wanted to do it? No, they had like read some interview where I was talking about the Braves because ah, that's okay. most, <laughs> most interviews in 2019. Yeah. Um, Are you a big baseball fan? Yes. Really just Braves. Mm-hmm. But um, I was definitely tapped in 2019, <clears throat> just like every free minute of my life, uh, something to do with the Braves. But yeah, they just um, asked me and I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. That's awesome. I got to meet uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. before the show. I mean, before the right. game. He's like your favorite player? Yes. So uh, I got that out of my go. system. Right. Did you? I did. <laughs> Is it out of your system now? Yeah, the day I met him, I was like, okay. I stopped dreaming about him. I stopped thinking about him. Oh, <laughs> uh, But you're still a fan of the of the team? Yes. All right, so it didn't ruin everything. No. All right, good, good, good. Uh, well, Faith, thanks so much for being here. This was... Uh, uh, just indeed, um, super pleasure and an honor to get to know you a little bit better and talk about your music and performance and all this stuff. I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks again. Yay. Good luck. Good luck on tour with Haim. And, and Thank everything. you so much. Yeah. I hope to catch up. I hope to catch up with you at, uh, at your, at, you know, in the spring somewhere. Yeah, please do. You coming to Chicago? Yes. Right on. I think so. Right on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anymore. There's a lot of, um, oh, you mean you haven't memorized all the cities? I haven't memorized. (laughs) Well, uh, well, you were here back in September. So maybe, um, so maybe there's so many different cities. It's a cool thing about the Midwest, as you know, that there's so many different great places to play. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I come back soon. Yeah. And elsewhere. And um, can't wait to see you again. Yeah. It was so nice talking to you. Yeah. Thanks, Faye. Yeah, see ya. Cheers. Hey, that was Faye Webster on Roadcase. I just love talking to Faye. She's such an incredibly talented young artist, and her music is just so extraordinary and draws from so many different genres and styles. Um, and it's just so direct in what she says. And the band is really uh, phenomenal. I, I just I can't say enough about uh, her music and what she has done so far in her young life is just extraordinary. Um, I loved how she talked about uh, being an opening act for Wilco last year and how uh, she loves to win over a crowd uh, by uh, presenting her music to those that maybe have never heard it before and talks about just connecting with uh, one person who, uh, you know, maybe she speaks to that one particular person. We've all been at shows, uh, heard opening acts and been really captivated by uh, the talent of a of an artist perhaps you had not heard from. Of course, Faye is extraordinarily popular. Uh, however, in a setting with Wilco or a different artist, you know, there's obviously people that may not have heard of them and that's just a great opportunity for artists. And uh, Faye talks about how she really loves live music and there's something in live music. She says that uh, you just don't hear in recordings. I mean, we're all here. We're fans of live music. I'm a huge fan of live music. Obviously, this is what I do. Um, so that seems a little self-evident, but it's just sort of the, the directness and the sincerity uh, hearing it from Faye was uh, was really extraordinary. And she uh, reflected on hearing songs for the first time live in her own life. And she says that is exactly why uh, she tours. And uh, I think that's really, really wonderful. Um 
And uh, I love just her directness also when she talks about, uh, you know, we talked about her lyrics and uh, a little bit of how she presents her own artistry on an album. And she feels that um, it's a wasted opportunity on an album if she's not saying real shit, quote unquote. And uh, that just speaks to her, to her own direct nature and uh, talked about how touring is important to her and uh, how she really just needs to get things off her chest in a way that it doesn't occur within a studio setting, but uh, really thrives in that live environment and being able to have that direct connection with her uh, with her fans and those that are at the at the show. So go out and see Faye as soon as you can. Uh, like we said during the interview, and I mentioned at the top, her winter tour dates just started on February 1st at the Saturn Birmingham. She's playing a number of different national dates. You can check out those dates on her website, faywebster.com. Uh, she's also opening for Heim at the beginning of May and will also be in Europe end of May and June. So make sure to go check her out. Uh, really loved having Faye Webster here. Thanks again to everyone for being here for this first episode of season three on Roadcase. We got a lot of great episodes, a lot of great guests, a lot of great interviews coming up. Can't wait to present them to you. Uh, thanks again for being here, everybody. And I want to send a special thank you to Faye Webster for being here on this episode of Roadcase. Thanks again so much for listening. And I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can email me at info at roadcasepod.com with questions, comments, and even suggestions for guests. Or you can follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at RoadcasePod. And we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you could please rate and review the podcast while you're there, that would be great. So I want to thank Waltzer for this awesome theme music that we have. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Roadcase. We have a lot of great episodes coming up, so I'll see you on down the road. <laughs>